Hi everybody. This week I posted something about the film Turning Red and I was just reading some comments online and I had to record some of my thoughts because <laughs> I literally laughed out loud at some of the things parents were saying. Like, for me, I've already shared that kind of the way I related to it was on so many levels. There are so many things you could apply to the themes in the film and I think you can with like any film and especially the Disney films. And I'm really sorry um, I'm obviously not going to name the people who made the comments. <laughs> and um, I know <laughs> I don't mean to offend anyone either because uh, I know many people share these um, concerns. And me laughing makes it sound like I'm belittling that. And I'm not. I do understand where people are coming from. But it's just um, I've got kind of a weird humour where I visualise things that people say. And um, yeah, I'm just going to go into what it was that's tickled me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep giggling. <laughs> Somebody said, do we really want our children twerking at their parents and going, take that, mum? <laughs> and the reason I've laughed is because my son actually does that already and I'm not sure where he's got it from and it wasn't turning red. He hasn't even seen the film yet. I will actually be probably attempting the film with them tomorrow. Um, my youngest is poorly at the moment, so they'll both be at home. And I thought, you know, I'll give them some movie time <laughs> and if they want it. And I'm going to try it out with them and just see what their reactions are because a lot of people are saying it's just so unsuitable for young children, um, especially because, you know, they do have um, feminine pads and they, they do mention periods, even though I think it's really quickly in passing, really. It was so interesting because all the way through the film I was talking at my husband so we couldn't really enjoy the film bless him because I just kept going oh my gosh this is so amazing like the way that they are depicting and conveying the emotions of going through puberty and the hormones and you know wanting to please your parents and wanting to fit in with your friends at school and then this drive that you have for your own autonomy and then wanting to follow the rules but also things are changing and for me as an autistic um child obviously not knowing I was, I uh, once I got to probably about 12 was when I became the most obviously different to the people around me and that continued as I grew. And apparently for um, women's and girls and the... Women's? <laughs> what on earth? Women. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know what's going on. Something set me off. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> Women and girls on the spectrum... Um, we do tend to struggle more when we get to that age. And it is because there seems to be a much greater difference between us and our peers, where a lot of our peers, you know, do get really into boys or, um, you know, into certain activities. I think a lot of the girls I was with were really into what they looked like and um, going out. And, and you know, they used to plan elaborate things they were going to do to get the boys to look at them and that kind of thing. Um there's so much more. But, you know, the gossip, the way they spoke to one another, I just wasn't like that at all. I wanted to kind of, you know, they'd go out after school and do things and, you know, sneak cider, that kind of stuff. And um, I just wanted to be at home playing on my keyboard, on my own, in my bedroom, doing my own thing. And, you know, I was called all kinds of names and I had to mask to fit in. But really, everything was trying to pull me back to being at home and composing music on my keyboard and writing songs and poems and just I felt actually as I got older I needed more time out and more time away from people but at the same time like I really craved that connection and I couldn't understand why I was struggling to have that 
So, uh, yeah, it's a really confusing thing to try and explain because I both craved the connection with the other children and I really wanted to fit in and be accepted, but there was also this kind of pull for me to not be like them. But I was always struggling with, you know, no, this is who I am, again, not knowing I was autistic, but this is what my interests are, this is what I want to pursue. And, but actually, you know, I was bullied a lot and, and I did want to have friends, so you're always kind of conflicted. And so, again, this movie kind of, I think it deals with all of those things. And although it isn't obviously specifically about autism and it was more about coming of age and entering womanhood and, and that kind of thing and, and puberty and the emotions and becoming your own person. And then, as they've already kind of, uh, kind of dealt with in the film, trying to then um, balance you as an individual growing and changing and developing against you know the relationship that you have with your family because it does change as you get older even if it's for a short while but um yeah some people are absolutely hating it and again I can understand some of the concerns they have and some are saying oh you know I had I was watching it with a young child and I had to turn it off because it was just so inappropriate like the way the girl behaved and the way she spoke to her parents don't want to encourage my child to behave like that but it's so interesting to me because these things happen across so many Disney films. And now I'm drawing a blank. I knew I should have written this down before I started recording. I knew, I knew this was going to happen. But I mean, we can look at any Disney film. I'm just going to like pull one out of the air here. Um, Encanto, that was painted as, oh, you know, Encanto, that's a really kind of feel-good, pure film. There are a lot of um, themes in that that, again, they probably go over children's heads. But you've got you know, the the dad who, well, the granddad um, dying and being killed. You've got the abuela being left on her own with three children. It's really quite tragic. Um, there are horrible scenes of people having to flee their homes. I mean, there's a lot of things that come up that you have to try and discuss with your children if they pick up on it. Uh, what's quite, quite good with a lot of the Disney films is they're so multi-level. So things that children... Uh, things that adults see, children don't always see. But you just don't know what they're going to pick up. I mean, we watched a film recently with the children because we thought, oh, this would be amazing. It's our childhood. We'll share it with them. It was Flight of the Navigator. And it had swearing in it. Now, I watched that as a kid and I don't remember hearing the swearing, acknowledging it, copying it. My son has Tourette's. My husband and I looked at each other like, oh my gosh, didn't really think about this. Um, luckily, he it did go over his head and he didn't hear it because if he'd have heard it, that would have been one of the new ticks. So, um, yeah, there's this stuff everywhere. There was something we watched and it had the word crap in it. And I can't think what that was. It Boss Baby 2. I rented that film recently. Uh, actually, I bought it for my son. Long story. But, um, yeah, um, he couldn't go to a party, sadly, because he was poorly. And he was so, so devastated. So... Um, and he was actually poorly from getting so dysregulated. And uh, yeah, again, I, I digress. The point is, you know, to just make him happy, we said he could um, rent a movie and he wound up wanting Boss Baby 2 and it just made more financial sense to, to buy it. And we watched the film and it had crap in and lots of other things. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope we didn't hear that. But I think you'll find that across the board, most movies aimed at children, they have this multi-level factor in there and some aren't really appropriate for children. But they usually miss the content, but you just can't guarantee what they are and are not going to pick up on can you so 
um, you know, one thing we've learned is if we are going to share the ch- share a movie with the children, we tend to now go and have a look at the transcript if it's accessible online, just to check if there's anything dodgy we need to look out for. So as another example, we were going to watch E.T. and my brother sent me the transcript and um, we were like, OK, maybe not, because... Um, there are things in there that at the moment with my son, like I said, who has Tourette's, we can't take the risk of him hearing certain words because he will, he will repeat them. And at the moment we have things that he says that aren't necessarily brilliant, um, like take that. <laughs> you know, That's what made me laugh from that comment. <laughs> take that, mum. I don't know where he's got that from, but he, do- he does that one. And actually it's not really funny, but when um, the first lockdown happened, one of the things he used to say over and over was coronavirus and when I get the coronavirus on repeat and it was just inappropriate obviously we didn't go anywhere but we could even be playing in the garden and he would say it and we'd be like stop it's just not appropriate um but you know that's kind of the way things work it will always be the inappropriate thing that they adopt um Oh, bless him. He's just so cute. But there are certain things we have to try and stop him from hearing. And we dread the day that he learns any of these words, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah, so I think what my point is, across the board, any film, even those aimed at children, they're going to have things in and themes in them that may not be appropriate. And... You know, we've been watching a lot of Disney films. We we um actually got Disney Plus, I think it was last year. It was on offer. And we were going through all the movies with the kids. And, of course, our memories of them are they're so wonderful and pure. But when you actually, as an adult, sit and deconstruct them and you analyse them, you realise that they're teaching your children quite a lot of bad things, you know? So I don't know how people are so up in arms with this one film because, actually, it's it's across so many. And... You know, if I really had the energy, which I don't at the moment, um, still recovering from my own illness, and it wasn't COVID, but just sadly my chronic illness and some other factors, um, you know, maybe I would actually do a post where I deconstruct a lot of Disney movies and and show how actually we can't just be turning on turning red. But uh, while it does deal with these kind of adult things, I suppose, you know, going into adulthood and um, menstruation, I don't think that was a massive focus. I think that if anything, it was very relatable, even to young children, about you could just use the panda or the red panda as when you are dysregulated. And especially for us, you know, as parents of neurodivergent kids and us as neurodivergents ourselves, which is I know what many of my followers are. Um, you know, I think there are ways that you can definitely communicate that to your children in a different way. I mean, there were things... Uh, that I actually felt quite sad about from a personal perspective. And it was when she was at school and she had that lovely friendship and they were kind of like her supporters and yeah, that's not my experience. So while I see so many parallels with me being autistic and masking, I don't believe in any way that's what the intention of the film was. And while I'm not saying that autistic people can't have friends at school, because of course they can, that wasn't my story and I know it's not this situation many other people had like I didn't ever feel really truly accepted and even the group of friends I had were not really very nice to me but I didn't see it at the time I have been used my entire life so if anything it was quite triggering for me like it was lovely to see this character who had this friendship but sometimes for me I find a lot of um, cartoons really triggering so for example My Little Pony you know it's always based on friendship I loved My Little Pony as a child and I still like it now if I'm honest Um, but you know when they have this mega focus on friendship and the importance of friendship and how that overcomes everything you know I still have 
a slight issue with it because I didn't have that. And I still don't really have that. I don't have a massive group of friends and I've been let down by friends over and over and over again. So for me, that's quite triggering. So again, we all come to everything with our own narrative and our own experience. And yeah, we're all going to take our own kind of um, interpretations from things. But that doesn't mean that, again, I don't like the film. And I don't think you can slam the film. Um, I think I saw somebody online and I don't know who it was, so I can't credit it. Again, um, I hate this because it was just, it came up in my feed. I kind of skimmed through and then they refresh. And so there was no way for me to find out who this was. But they actually made a comparison between Turning Red and Luca. And they were saying that actually you can see a lot of parallels with Luca running away from his parents and having that autonomy. And But people aren't um, in uproar about that behaviour. But they, they are when it's May May. So is this more to do with the fact that it's a girl and it's about women? Or is it, you know, is it actually about the behaviour of the children? Is it that it's more acceptable when it's a boy? Again, could be absolutely grasping at straws. I think the thing with any kind of book or story or film you can apply your own experiences and interpretations to it so you know it's not going to be for everybody but for me personally I don't even see why young children can't see it um you know they again I get that you've got the the feminine pads but you know is it so wrong that these things are normalized in our society it's really up to the individual. I understand if you don't want to show your three or four or five-year-old this film, but I will be trying it with my five and seven-year-old and I'm really intrigued to see if they do question anything and what they take from it. And especially my youngest, he is so perceptive and he observes everything and he questions everything. So if anybody is going to recognise something from it <laughs> that that you maybe might not expect children to kind of pick up on, it will be him. So um, I can always kind of feed back <laughs> what happens after the viewing. That's if they want to view it. I've got two PDAs and it might just be that they don't want to. So, um, you know, you can't you can't make them do anything they don't want to do. Bless them. But uh, yeah, there are some other comments that really made me laugh. Oh, sorry, I have, I've jumped away from Encanto. Let me go back to Encanto. I love this film. This is like... Oh, such an amazing film, just on so many levels again, and so clever. But, um, you know, people saying, oh, well, you know, that's a much more child-friendly film. But actually, like I said, we've got those themes and things that happen in it um, that I've already shared earlier. But you've also got, like, disowning a family member, <laughs> depicting the family member who's left and, um, you know, as this seven, is it seven-foot frame rats along his back? When he calls your name, it all fades to black. I mean, they don't... This is meant to be a family member. And he's disappeared, but there must be a reason behind it. And yet they've all turned on this character and they won't talk about him. And for a family who's so fantastical and magical and family-orientated, it's like a... It jars for me, to be honest with you. And so I think there are other themes that, you know, are children not going to pick up on that? Oh, it's okay to just be horrible or... I don't know, it's... And then all of a sudden when he comes back into the family and he's like, oh, you know, sorry, I've got some things to say, some apologies to make. No, we're just happy you're here, OK? OK, well, that man is going to have trauma and actually nobody is getting to the bottom of his feelings and his reasons. And, you know, to me, that's very superficial, sweeping under the carpet, putting a little plaster over things. And, you know, if there's an Encanto too, they should really deal with the trauma. Like maybe he should go to counselling sessions <laughs> because... um. 
you know, he, he wasn't really treated very nicely and he felt in he felt pushed to leave the family to protect Mirabelle. And everybody saw him as this dark force and, you know, they paint him all through the movie as this this evil entity and actually he's not and it's really sad you know when you find he's living in the walls and he's got his little pretend plate there so that he can play settings so he can eat alongside the family who he's viewing through the wall I mean I, I don't know again I think that we've got all these other movies that we say oh no that's much more child friendly but is it and um how many other movies have we got where the child you know leaves the parent or defies the parent like the little mermaid for example and, you know, she's, she's told specifically not to do things and she does. Now, when I was at university, I um, studied a degree which, you know, dealt with a lot of themes and motives and literature and that kind of thing. And one of the things they used to say, and actually I'm sure that there's uh, an educator who also says this as well. I think it's Pi Corbett, who I talk about a lot because I just really have a lot of respect for him. Um, but he said that in stories, you have to get rid of the parents for anything to actually happen to move the story forward. So some, sadly, in a lot of films and stories, you will have the parents dying, which is really tragic. But with the parents there, you know, kind of controlling and guiding the children, you don't get the same adventure, if that makes sense, the same growth. And so that is actually needed for stories to progress. And that's why so many stories have that element in them. So again, you know, why are we letting our children watch things where like frozen where the parents die there's a lot of themes in every single movie that actually is not child friendly and sometimes language and jokes that are inappropriate and you know we are aware that they go over their head but I'm just really intrigued to know why everyone's turning on turning red it's very interesting to me uh, there were some other comments that really made me chuckle and I can't, you know, again, it sounds like I'm just being really rude about people's opinions. I'm not. They've just tickled me because, like I said, my son, um, you know, he can be quite inappropriate. <laughs> and and some people are saying, I don't want my child doing this. And I'm like, what well, makes me laugh? Because my son is so unaware and oblivious to people around him that he kind of behaves like that anyway. And it's not because I haven't taught him manners. It's just the fact that, you know, he feels an emotion and it's just there, it's out there and it's free. Um, one thing I liked about um, Turning Red was the way she accepted her red panda. Now, for me, again, I kind of said that that's her um, accepting her authentic self. Um, and, you know, whether that's an autistic authentic self or not, I really liked that. And I, again, I think that's a really positive message to discuss and to and when mum turns into the red panda to discuss how mum actually couldn't control hers and yes adults have feelings too um we talk about this with my children because you know we're not perfect and we always talk about dysregulation and people getting um you know struggling to control their emotions and that kind of thing because we want to make it clear to our children they're not the only people who experience this and that we did as children, and that actually sometimes we still do as adults. And my husband has put his hands up, you know, recently and said to them, I still struggle. The only person in this house who kind of has it marginally together is mummy. And that's because I'm really good at self-regulating. But it's tricky when I'm having to mediate 
and regulate, you know, the three men in the house. So that can be really tough. But these discussions, some people think are inappropriate for children, but sometimes they're necessary. And sometimes it's really helpful for them to see that actually you are human, that you also struggle, and that you are working on these things as well. Um, I think it's very collaborative. And yeah, again, some people would think that's a really negative thing. I've had people criticise things I say and do, you know, with my children and say... Um, it's inappropriate because of their age but all I can say is every family and every child is individual unique and different and you know what works for one might not work for another so again if you don't want to watch this film that is you know entirely your prerogative and there's no judgment from me whatsoever but I do find it perplexing when you can pull something from every Disney movie for example that you know maybe isn't really appropriate so um I'm not going to waffle on today. I'm actually going <laughs> to stop talking right now because I might do a follow-up when my children have watched the um, film and also see if I can pull together a few more examples. But it all depends on my spoons. And if you know what the spoon theory is, that's really about kind of uh, the the amount of energy I have over the course of a day. And because I have been poorly recently, I still don't, I'm still not back to normal, whatever that is. So I'll do what I can. But I just wanted to have a little quick catch up just to kind of share my thoughts. And please, I invite you to share yours with me as well. Take care and speak soon.